When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a What a Night. Joining us on the pod today. Hunter Godson, Jude Summerfield and Dan Kilpatrick. Notable absentee, Sean Walsh, off the back of Spurs winning. Classic Sean. <laughs> only wants to turn up for the negative. He only wants to turn up to slag everyone off. No, I, I joke. Just couldn't make it along today. But it was good fun last night, wasn't it? It was nice. It was, uh, it was just like, <laughs> it was almost like stepping out of, of reality for a moment. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the performance was of that much ease and it was like watching Deli Alley is absolute at his best or we're, you know, not a great opponent, but it almost felt like a step back in time. Like, like we're just taking it out of this season and gone, right, you get to play these really terrible people and you get to beat them quite badly. And it was nice. It was nice. But, you know, I think, I think anyone watching can, can be like, yeah, they're probably not the best team that, that Spurs are going to play this season. Do you reckon that counts for for all of it, Jude? Do you reckon that counts across the board, or can we take some bits of take some bits of like, okay, that's that's promising. I think we can we can take a bit from it, yeah. Just in that it was nice to watch. I actually didn't think it was going to be a particularly enjoyable game beforehand because it was like they're four one up already. Um, <laughs> the players who have played together haven't done so that often this season. Um, who are going to start anyway. I just thought it'd be a bit of a, a grimy 2-0 or something like that. But I mean, we'll get into the beautiful in a bit. But there was a few little things that just got the got the heart going a little bit. So yeah, it was yeah, lovely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got the pulse racing. Um, and Danny, we sort of, you and I spoke last night about this, but it, it, it did feel like a little holiday, didn't it? It did feel like a, a nice distraction. Yeah, I think as a general rule, as Hunter says, you can't draw any conclusions from an opponent at that level, especially an opponent at that level who kind of gave up in the last 20 minutes, I would say, and (laughs) and we're just making really horrendous defensive mistakes. Mm. So yeah, no no serious conclusions, but at the same time, you can only beat what's in front of you. And it it has just lifted the mood, I think. You know, it's got everyone talking about Delhi, everyone talking about Bale, and... Yeah, it's just less gloomy than it was uh, a few days ago post West Ham. So I think in that respect, the Europa League serves a or has served a valuable purpose in, in the last couple of weeks. It sort of stopped us getting really, really morose and, and depressed. We've, we've kind of been able to, to maintain a level of optimism. 
I'm going to just gently delete from the script Gareth Bale for the Ballon d'Or then. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking while watching, and this is an annoying sort of thought, but all I was thinking was these, these lot are probably the antithesis to Burnley. <laughs> um, and then they were just leaving colossal so gaps true. in their defense like come on through making horrible <laughs> mistakes yeah mind um, the gap yeah exactly um, but you know i do believe i think players can play themselves into form even and confidence obviously is massive we know that so even the false confidence brought on by beating a team that's nowhere near you i think can help i you know I, we spoke about it at the beginning of the season and where m- momentum was in our favour and we were winning in the Europa League and then we were taking that into the league and it did feel like we were gaining a bit of momentum. And I think they can can use these games as sort of a, a point to, to gain confidence back, but I don't think we're going to learn anything from these games, basically. Um, but, you know, like, they're important. And to pick up on that as well, like I think it was telling that Delhi and Bale were the ones who were so effective like I think everyone was trying to fill their boots right I mean Bergvine looked absolutely desperate to score I mean he kept trying to kind of Lucas his Mm. way through uh, the back back line didn't he 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 nearly managed it Um, and I think Lamella looked pretty keen to score and then Lucas came came on the end and sort of ran around a bit but um, (laughs) that'll be his gravestone (laughs) (laughs) love this place Ran but the, the, the fact is, Love you know, Delhi and Bale are, are of a certain pedigree and they made it look really easy. Mm-hmm. And actually, I do think there was, you know, we, we can't learn too much from playing against Wolfsburger, but maybe we can learn a little bit from the way our different forwards played against Wolfsburger, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Very, very good point. Um, and should we say, let's save Delhi and Gareth to do at the end and we'll do as big a section on them too as we can because, I mean, there's, there is a lot to get into on that. Um, obviously, at the top, we should just say that it's good that we're through into the round of 16. And it is, Dan, um, a, a, like, it's a competition that for a long time, I think a lot of Spurs fans, but also the kind of hierarchy at the club, haven't always taken seriously. And it's something now that it's almost like, well, hang on a second. Like, why why wouldn't we? And I think that's something you've sort of pointed out in the past about Jose is that he has definitely looked to take this more seriously. Yeah, definitely. And I think Pochettino was only in it for one season, I think, his first season. But he was on record at Southampton from a couple of years before saying he didn't care about the Europa League. So, you know, we knew how he felt. And going back... Father, I you know I don't think AVB ever took it very seriously. I mean, he got to the quarterfinals, or I think uh, Spurs lost to Basel. I want to say with Mohamed Salah. Yeah, yeah, he was inspired well. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there was there was kind of no indication that AVB really cared about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, historically Spurs haven't really given this competition um, much thought, but obviously that's that's changed under Mourinho and. And now, you know, it, to be honest, I mean, it, obviously that there's a bit of a question mark over Mourinho's long-term future at the moment. And you know, for me, it's it's quite hard to see a kind of route where he's still at the club, say at Christmas or this time next year, you know, without doing really, really well in the Europa League, mm. um, because it's looking very difficult to to turn the, the league form around sufficiently to to kind of please the fans and the hierarchy. The League Cup's going to be tough. And even if 
Spurs win it, you know, how meaningful is it? But this the Europa League, you know, it gives it genuinely gives Spurs a chance to have you know their best season for decades if they can win it. Mm. So, you know, I I see this competition as really, really important now. Um I think generally English clubs who try and take it seriously always do really well, even going back to kind of Middlesbrough and Fulham back in the day. Yeah. But you do have to be a good side to win it. Um and, and you know, even though Spurs have done all right in the Cups under Mourinho, pretty much whenever they faced a good side in a knockout game, they've lost. I mean, you know, Everton, Norwich. Um, So they have to improve if they're actually going to win the thing. Right, apologies for the small break in proceedings, but we just wanted to give you a quick message from our new sponsor. That's right, we're a branded podcast now. So Support for a Water Night is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so come along and join the fun. We have an exclusive offer for listeners of Oh What A Night, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min20. So get involved, get 20% off, and don't use the same trimmer that you use on your face as you use on your crown jewels. Our League Cup run to the final is uh, is better left unsaid, basically, isn't it? I mean, the more you 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 look back at it, dear me. Yeah, I I sort of agree agree with Dan in that this is fast becoming the only, basically the only important thing left for us this season. Um, I don't think we're going to turn around the league. Um, I I think Mourinho knows how important it is for him to leave Tottenham having won something. So the League Cup and the Europa League will become will become so important and you know there's only 15 teams left after this stage the only worry is that some of those are Manchester United Leicester a uh, couple of big boys will be in there still so you know yeah. it's, it's whether you know as Dan said when we come up against a good com- opponent are we just are we going to see the Europa League as as the viable option into the Champions League as it should be seen because we're not going to get top four really are we so um yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm intrigued by the Europa League now. It's got to the stage where I always start to uh, engage. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the the early stages of the FA Cup. You know, where it's like, oh, this is all fun, mm. and then suddenly you look around and you're like, oh, Milan, with the FA Cup, I'm, I'm always like, if we go out in the third round to someone terrible like Marine or something like that. That's quite funny. But if we go out in the quarterfinal to Marine, that's devastating. I'm devastated. <laughs> I hate it. Um, so, yeah, you know. You, you are right. I don't think the... Marine are in the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they'd, won the, right. if they'd won the yeah. FA Cup. It might have you a twin right. city in it or something like that. <laughs> you are right though, Hunter, in that, the, about the, the League Cup journey, right? When you look at the League Cup journey, it's almost like, no, 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 ignore that though, we're in the final. We're in the final. <laughs> so it, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world if in the Europa League, when you look around, there are enough teams in there that you would feel confident against that with a good draw, mm. suddenly we're in the latter stages. Mm. Um, and, and I think if we are in a position, I don't know, Jude, it's the same for you, if we are in a position in the league where we're almost kind of sitting there and going like, the league is what it is. 
it, it kind of allows you to focus more on the Europa League, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we've just gone over a few of the teams in the Europa League there, but um, I'm, I don't know how confident I'd be, you know, backing us to keep them quiet for two like teams like like Napoli or PSV and guys we haven't even mentioned keeping them quiet for two whole games <laughs> when we get to that point. So hopefully, whoever is the, the lowest ranked team in the next round will we'll get them. That'd be nice. Can I chuck this one we out? We're having good actually. draws at the moment. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Granada Na- is still in it. Napo- yeah, Napoli are 2-0 down to Granada. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like- um, there are some pretty weird um, first leg results out there as well. Like Milan still have work to do against Red Star and Hoffenheim I have haven't say, got past Molde yet. I, I look at the Europa League teams and I, I have to say the only ones that, that truly worry me are potentially Ajax, Arsenal, uh, Leicester, Manchester United, and then the others. The other you know, 12. The others. Are- <laughs> yeah, I would have loved it if you just carried on and you just. Yeah, well, uh, Roma, Olympiacos, Dino is a grab. No, but honestly, when you look beyond. Tottenham look should beyond- be one of those teams that worries you, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm naive, but I have to say. Uh, we really should be getting to at least the semi-final and really we should be looking at the final. Um, but, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, this is this is where, for those of us at the beginning who, like, I don't know what percentage of this pod were bought in on the whole, like, Jose's a serial winner. Mm. Um, in those games, that's where, that's where he's got to sort of bring that to the table. Mm. That whole, like, in a one-off game, you'd back him above any other manager in the world or in over, like, a, 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 a knockout stage semi-final, you'd back him over any other manager in the world. That's where he's got to show it. Um, let's, let's just quickly touch on uh, the crash. And the, um, the the youngsters that came on yesterday sort of reminded me a lot of, you know how when you were very, very young and you got given a reading partner in year six, <laughs> there was like, there were literally, it was so good to see these young guys come on and then being paired up with people that were kind of like, thir- like so uh, Toby out of Ireland, for example, pairing up with, um, I forget who, uh, uh, how you pronounce his name. I don't want to butcher this. Vinia. Yeah, uh, it, it, coming on and almost like holding hands. It was it was really really <laughs> nice. It just sort of you got that they got minutes, but they felt comfortable, didn't it? It felt like they were in a fairly safe environment to get minutes. Well, he's he's a Chelsea academy graduate, right? Or at least he came through the Chelsea. So you know he know you know he's probably a very good player. And yeah, I, I, Dane Scarlett, Mourinho's comments after the game on Dane Scarlett sort of tell you tell you what you need to know about him is that they everyone at the club clearly sees him as a future prospect and someone who will be in the first team in the next couple of years. I think I think I'd just like to see them get get a bit of time over the, the rest of this season. Especially in the league if the league sort of does turn into this sort of dwindling um I don't know what to call it, but basically if the league ends up carrying on in the way it is, it would be good to see someone like Lavinia get minutes over someone like Matt Dotti or, you know, Dan Scarlett get, get yeah. 10 minutes at the end of a game. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see. Um, and, you know, it's good to know that there are young players coming through that we, we can expect to see more of in the future. Absolutely. Um, also worth pointing out that, some of the big boys got a rest. I mean, that was a dream, wasn't it, Jude? Seeing a, a, a game pass 
without Son needing to come on, Kane needing to come on, Lloris sitting on the bench, Hoybier and Dombele sitting on the bench. Every single player that you... The sort of players that when you see them go down after a knock that you panic about, <laughs> getting nowhere near the pitch. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've seen Hunter tweet, um, oh, please give my son a rest. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet son, <laughs> my sweet sweet lad. <laughs> uh, but that was that was brilliant, and I was it was something I was really hoping for because it, it it did give like Steve Bergwijn a chance on the left as well, and he's he's barely had any minutes mm. um, over the last month or so. I'm not I can't really remember when the point came where he just got sacked off for a bit. Um, I think it was sort of maybe post Chelsea or one of those games where we just looked really toothless and. He might have had a knock or something that I've forgotten about, but um, but yeah, imagine if Kane had played last night and he had had mm. a moment where he fell on the floor and he was just like doing the oh, disingenuous God, that, hold of the ankle because yeah. you never know when it's serious or when it's not. I wonder <laughs> if it's just like doing it. I wonder if it's now. I wonder if it's disingenuous or if it just hurts all the time because he's got such, <laughs> yeah. such weak. He's just worried it's about to fall off. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's quite interesting that that Kane appears to be allowing himself this time off. I don't know is there any it's time so in nice, his career before that we've seen this where he's, you know, he didn't travel the first leg. He sat out the second. Leg. It used to be like I want to kick the ball in the goal as often, and, and I mean he would have scored about fifteen yesterday. I'm pretty certain, but it's clearly a, a change in, in tack from his camp to say, well, if you want your career to go on past sort of your early 30s you are going to have to really start taking care of your legs and your ankles um and these games are are not the ones that we need you in basically and and i think it's really interesting that he probably an eye on the euros as well right like he picks up that first injury and he thinks oh god if i damage it now and then damage it again so i think it's really intelligent i'm i'm really happy to see that clearly he's his team or whoever's spoken to him has has got through to him and sort of said, look, you need to start looking after yourself because we need him, England need him. And it would just be, you hate to see these sort of players not, not get to their potential. And, you know, I think, I think Kane has already had two or three that, that have probably stopped him getting to where he'd like to have got in terms of numbers and to get another one, especially at the back end of your twenties, you do start to think, you know, what, what, a, what more can he do? A bit of a blessing. This the time Euros around, is probably it? a big, big consideration. Sorry, God, yes, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He must know how close he was to not being fully fit for the Euros, and it was a blessing, really, that for him that they were delayed by a year. Mm. So I'm sure that's pretty prominent in his mind. Yeah, yeah, that that, and and the fact that he's got won this time around it's almost like you know when really sort of cliched hippie people said, said things like it's nature's way of telling you to slow down <laughs> like he, he literally, the, the fact that he got one on both ankles mm. and it but he was only out for two and a half weeks yeah in this season obviously that's like 15 games but that's <laughs> that's actually that's actually a, like a real sort of like nice thing to have happened when you consider that it could have been four months you know mm. when like Abby and Delph absolutely crunched him and it was like right well that's you out for ages it's been a bit of a treat that it's only only a couple of weeks and enough to be like look you just need to take this more seriously now mm. yeah really important really important for us and for him and for England as well because it would be just 
It'd be such a pain in the ass. It feels like every big tournament since I can remember, we've had something like that. And uh, yeah, we get, you know, we'd really miss him. Rather, it's not Harry Kane that we're talking about as the one we're panicking, panicking around in the build-up. Mm. Um, let's do the the bad and the ugly. So, I think we, we, Matt Doherty, unfortunately, is is the name that's going to crop up this week, and we could use him for the ugly for that ball that sort of gently rolled underneath his foot, and then he looked up and didn't seem to know where it was. But unfortunately for Matt, he drifts into the bad this week, and I think it's not just yesterday's performance but there's a little bit of a worry there I think amongst Spurs fans that that he he's not quite ever gonna settle or or, or really kind of uh, find a, a natural place and Spurs is starting 11 in the league yeah it was something you know we'd spoke about at the beginning of the season that he was struggling to sort of find his feet he picked up an injury he'd had a lot of games with um with Ireland he then got coronavirus. So, you know, there are, there, not to create excuses for him, but there are reasons why he may have struggled to sort of fit in. He also came from uh, a Wolves team who plays such a, I mean, it's the same system every week at Wolves. <laughs> you know, he knows where he fits in there. Um, so, yeah, there are reasons, but it's more, I think, just in terms of when he's got the ball at his feet, he just doesn't look as dangerous or as dynamic as he did at Wolves. You know, he scored goals, he got assists. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that side to him at all. And, and he's been really loose in possession the last few games. And I think it's right, right. You know, players deserve criticism when they're not playing well. And he hasn't, he hasn't filled that role at all for us. Um, so, yeah. He got that bit more freedom at Wolves, too, didn't he? It felt like he had just a little bit more protection with the three behind him. And he was almost playing in like a hybrid role. And now it it feels like we haven't got like the, the role we're asking to play are two completely different roles from what he was doing at Wolves. Mm. I reckon if you looked at those uh, one of those average position things on whatever stats things you want to use uh, you'd have two different what's, what's your recommended different... Jude what would be your go-to heat map software <laughs> that you recommend I actually use so many it'd be hard to pick out one in particular um Jude's homemade no, I haven't got it homemade home <laughs> yeah like Jude's predicted like... xg <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've got it all got it all very cheap as well um no but you'd have two two completely different positions for him for this season and last year at Wolves, because at Wolves, he was just like, oh, he was so attacking and he was getting on the end of things in the box um, and like arriving late. And that he was genuinely like joyful to watch there. And I don't think we really bought him with that in mind. Um, he was brought in as like a like a dependable uh, right back um, who would who would push Serge and maybe get past him. But even with Serge out, they've gone with Jaffa at right back as well. Mm, um, yeah. So it's, and he's not impressing in the Europa League against Wolfsburg. I know it's a m- mad time and players' mental welfare is all over the place. But like, you want to see a bit more than like sloppy passes. On yeah, a, it's, it's more that we Wednesday expect night. more, isn't it? We're, like, we're, I don't think we were asking too much when we say we expected more of a, a sort of dynamic player than, than what we're seeing. And... I, I think it, it's a question of is it bad recruitment? Is it, are we seeing a player basically at the end of his career on on a uh, a slow decline that Wolves saw the opportunity to offload and try and bring in someone new? 
Um, I think that question has to be asked, basically. What do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, I reckon the guys have covered it pretty well. I mean, just to get in our obligatory mention of the high right back, um, I think he was probably signed with that position in mind before Reguilon became, became an option. And he just doesn't look particularly well suited to playing in a back four. And I suppose I've only used wing backs on a, on a handful of occasions this season. So I do sympathise. I think there was a spell where I guess in around autumn or early winter where he was kind of looking quite solid defensively and certainly more solid than Aurier. But yeah, the, the fact that he got COVID, as Hunter says, and, and has been in and out of the side, I don't think has helped. And I think he's just a player that's really suffering from poor confidence. But mm. yeah, I think Hunter's right in saying that, that there's definitely questions to be asked over over the recruitment. It seemed like one of those deals that was maybe a bit too good to be true at the time. And you're like, you know, how's, how's Mendes pulled this off effectively? But, you know, maybe with hindsight, Wolves just thought actually that this isn't a bad piece of business for us at all. Because um, we don't think he's a, we don't think he's a kind of long-term um, option for us. Uh, the other thing I, I guess I would say is that he played a lot of football last year, like a ridiculous amount. I mean, Wolves played so many games in the they kind of did what Spurs are doing this season, really. So, you know, you, you wonder whether with, with a proper preseason he might be he might be more effective. But I saw some people kind of desperately hoping on Twitter last night that Marcel Lavinia would be the next Tarek Lamptey, and I think we can all get on board with, with that <laughs> hope, right? Because <laughs> that is just that is just like oh look look he came from Chelsea. It's probably Tarek Lamptey, right? It's the same player. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just think right, right back's just been such a problem position since um, since Carl Walker left that it would just be nice if something just kind of materialised like that because it doesn't look like Spurs are going to get it right in the transfer market. Even more painful when you watch the rightful heir, Carl Walker-Peters, continually play quite well for Southampton. Mm. <laughs> oh, and, and looking great, isn't he? Just look, like sort of, and seeing him on Twitter last night backing everyone as well. Mm. It's really, really quite painful. Um, just a, a, almost feels like an obligatory mention of a potential mishap. Nearly gave away a, a red card last night. We had a, a couple of little moments of, of concentration slip in this time for Merrick Dyer. But to be fair, it could be any, it almost feels like it could be any of our back six uh, or back seven, if you include the keeper per game. It feels as if there is a moment, doesn't there? Yeah, I think that moment was more just like, uh, I wasn't, you know, the, the performance is good. It's a clean sheet. So we, we move past it. But it, you you can't help but feel like against a better team, against a better player, those mo- those moments where you go, oh, that was close. Or even those moments where they sort of cut us apart with two or three passes. Albeit clearly they're a much better attacking team than they are defensively, Wolfsberger. Um, it, it did make you think this defence still... I'm so I'm worried for Burnley. I'm worried for you know any any Premier League team at the moment. I don't think there's any easy games in the Premier League at the moment. Sadly, um, <laughs> you know it used to be that you could sort of guarantee. I used to think Fulham would be easy points, and then we've got them in two weeks, and I'm like, oh god, Fulham! They've How got petrified! Some, they've they've great got some football, great yeah. football, yeah. Um, so uh, I I still think 
that's I mean Mourinho needs to find a new pairing or he needs to find a pairing at centre back that really he can rely on um and that might be you know he might have to you know we've spoken about it before on here but it might be bringing Roden in or it might be bringing uh, Jaffet Tanganga into centre back with Alderweireld and just going right we're gonna there'll be mistakes there's going to be times when all Riot's legs aren't going to be able to keep up with someone who's much quicker than him, but we 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 need to sort of persevere in in a in a system, and that system I don't think can be Dyer and Sanchez, sadly. Yeah, I think that, that the frustrating thing is as well is when you see last night it, it was it was Alderweireld and and, and Dyer, mm. you sort of like, well, what does that mean for the weekend? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of suddenly like, where, because you, you think game management, right? You're not, your chances are he's not going to play Alderweireld on the weekend. But then at the same time, Eric Dyer's played a stupid amount of football. Is he going to go again at the weekend? Is he going to play him another 90 minutes? I thought this would be the it's, perfect it, game for him not to play Eric Dyer. Because yeah. he has, this is, it's like his fourth game in what, like 12, 15 days, something like that. So like, give him a little rest if, if, if you're backing him as a centre back. I, yeah, who, who are we gonna? Who's playing there on Sunday? It's chopping and changing every game. It's really odd. Which doesn't help. It's incredible that Sanchez is the guy who's seemingly being rested for the Premier League. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 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 after dismay. Particularly when you look at the the, the Burnley front two, it's mm. not as if it's searing pace or nada. Do you know what I mean? It's like no Roden would actually. Force. You'd actually think Roden would be better suited to to a Burnley type game where it's going to be. I really hope Roden plays on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> nice, it? It? Um, <laughs> but I mean, all it makes you think is how did we take the Vertonghen Alderweireld partnership for for granted? Do you think? Looking back at it now. I don't know. I, I think, I think, I think there, the was, time. there was general acknowledgement that it was like yes. a great partnership. Well, that's I what think. I'm trying to. I, I think. I think we did realise how good it was and that we, we'd sort of luckily managed to get two of the best centre-backs in world football together who were both Belgian, which also, you know, massively helps. Yeah, what um, a treat. Mm. And also, you know, you know when Jan Vertonghen used to do that thing where you'd, you'd think someone was past him and they would just hook a leg around the ball and just come away and sort of cruise away with the ball and then give a really nice sort of 10, 15-year-old pass into midfield. Like, I do remember at the time sort of being like I need to appreciate this like that <laughs> interceptor pass like he used to intercept a pass and just kind of like and look so calm while he did it as well I um, think the, the distribution the as well sorry, sorry. just I was going to say just the from. distribution that we became quite used to like Jan Vertonghen used to run it out quite often from the back very composed on the ball a very good left foot and Alderweireld has that incredible raking sort of crossfield ball but also again very confident on the ball so the press never really worked against them because both of them wanted it and both of them wanted to take it under pressure. And now you see Sanchez and Dyer. And what I noticed against West Ham was that West Ham closed Dyer down when he had the ball because they felt like he was more likely to... No, sorry, didn't close Dyer down because they were happy for him to have the ball. And then when Sanchez got it, they knew that he panicked, so they closed him down. And it's worrying that teams feel so confident doing that to our two centre-backs. So it, it is time, I think, for a little shake-up and... And uh, you know that's on to, on the manager basically to find find the right answer. You know that is what they. And of course, Mourinho is the guy who made that weakness in Sanchez's game public knowledge. Ironically. Yes, well, <laughs> God. Uh, but but that again is is bizarre, right? He, he 
this guy who he sees as a major weakness in a cup final he plays week in week out i find i find that quite bizarre to be honest i'm wondering whether there's any kind of like just there's a little bit of messaging in there mm. um but it was a little bit of kind of like uh oh well look at the fact that i'm having to rotate through five six different center backs you know mm. um but, but it does then mean there's a question of come April the 20th or whatever it is for the League Cup final, right now, who would you play as your two centre-backs? Roden and Alderweireld. I'd go... I thought you were going to say Roden and Tanganga there. I thought that is punchy. <laughs> I'd, class. I think I'd go Alderweireld, um, Alderweireld, Tanganga, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'd just... I'd... Tobes and Roden. As well. Tubbs I think I th- you know we are going to play the most negative game of football you've ever seen that that day. So they all might. Yeah, they might all the play back six. Well, I, I also double tweet, right back is yeah. definitely on the card. <laughs> right back. I reckon double double left back, double right back, rarely double see left back, double, double right back, and then then someone man marking Cancelo. Joe Hart's going to get ten minutes somewhere. <laughs> double keeper double um, keeper I, I tweeted the other day justice for Juan Foyt who as you know I'm a, I'm still a big fan of Juan Foyt but how much worse could he be than these lot do you know what I mean <laughs> he he's a crazy think, young I man think there's, a, there's a genuinely kind of serious point in there in that like Mourinho bin Foyt hmm. I mean possibly quite rightly after the game against Norwich the 2-2 yeah. draw when he gave Foyt the start he praised him after he played against Bayern Munich a few weeks before. He gave him this go and he was disastrous and kind of tried to dribble the ball out of defence and got caught and Spurs shipped two really soft goals. Mm. And he seemingly binned Roden as well. or He's reluctant to give Roden another go after Liverpool for, for making a, a mistake. So, understandably, he doesn't like these kind of young centre-backs making these mistakes and he thinks they're a risk. But his senior centre-backs are making... <laughs> More mistakes. As many mistakes, <laughs> yeah. if not worse mistakes, and yeah. and he's and he seems kind of quite happy to keep playing them. So that's what that's what I don't quite understand in, in his approach. Um, and he has been asked about it a few times recently, and he talked a lot about the kind of need to rotate. And I think there's there's definitely an element that they're managing Alderweireld's minutes. Yeah. Um. I think that there's, you know, I don't think he's someone who can play three games in a week. Um, but still, I, I do find it quite confusing the way that the defence is being run at the moment. Mm. Come on, let's 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 get let's get into Delhi. We, we've saved it. It's been it's been too long, considering <laughs> that he was Mottam and Gareth Bale coming on and uh, and just being brilliant. Um, who wants to go first? Who wants first dibs on on Delhi or Gareth? Free for all. That Deli Alley is just not for me, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Just all these fancy flicks. I don't know how many times I have to say it, Ben, but he's not. He was brilliant. He was was so good. That overhead kick, I was so disinterested in the game beforehand, and he just sucked like everyone back in by just. I can't, I can't even describe it, but yeah, little flicks, overhead kicks, linking up with Gareth Bale. He was brilliant all night. Two assists. The cross. The crosses. The cross. For Vinicius. Yeah, that was a great finish by Vinicius. Actually, good near post header. Lovely the, stuff. The cross. The I love Delhi. And we've is... just got to give him more minutes, and he'll get better. Yeah. The cross for Vinicius is really important, I think, because, I mean, if you look, if you've watched Spurs in the last 
two months in the league, they don't have someone who can do that. There is no one who has been looking for that ball. And that's what what Christian Eriksen used to do for Harry Kane and, and Deli Ali, And he tried them over and over and over. And it would work from time to time. But we've really missed someone who can see the run and play the pass. And with Lo Celso injured as well, you know. Um, so that was really nice. It was everything that Deli Ali is good at last night. Um, mixed in with that classic. It's not it's, it's leaning on arrogance, the confidence, the, the cheekiness. It just You love to see it. And it's also just a really nice, timely reminder of everything that he has to offer and that he's miles above that level. That's the other thing I love to see. When players in games like that really show that their quality is well beyond that of that around them. Um, you know, there are players at the club that I don't think we should really persevere with personally. And Deli Ali is absolutely not one of them. <laughs> yeah. There, there was, so there was, th- I think, at least three really key moments that, that are in line with what you said there, Hunter. Firstly, the pass sort of almost with with his instep sort of bending around the corner to Doherty, who then flicked it back to him for his overhead. The assist for Vinicius, but also, Dan, the, the assist at the end for, for Bale. Like, we haven't had people in those positions, have we, just providing that extra bit of quality in the final third? Yeah, I mean, the, both his assists were quite kind of Ericsson-like assists, I thought. Like, the cross was actually the kind of thing that Ericsson used to put in the box for Delhi, uh, And, and the, so was the, the pass, actually. Um, yeah, usual caveats about the quality of the opposition, I think, have to have to apply. Um, he's in Yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was just great to see, to see him score the overhead kick because I think, um, you know, Mourinho was, was kind of quite quit, critical of his sort of creative spark after the Stoke game uh, and said, you know, he shouldn't have lost the ball with that flick. And, and he didn't actually start against a professional team until the first leg. I mean, albeit yeah, he was injured in that time. So he really paid the price for that game. But I think, you know, the, the best the best version of Ali is when he's got the freedom to express himself like that. You know, Pochettino always used to sort of suggest that when he kind of had the devil in him and, and when he had this kind of naughty edge... Um, you know, that was when you, you, you got the best out of him. And I think Spurs just have to find a way, you know, Mourinho has to find a way to harness that because he's such a, um, yeah, he's such a, a kind of useful player. He's so unpredictable um, and he can, you know, he can be the difference in the Premier League as well as in, in those type of games. Um, I was thinking we were kind of having a chat in the press box when he scored the goal, like, you know, Delhi's best moment since, since when? And I think it was his best moment since that great goal against Manu when he kind of took a touch and scored oh, a hard volley in, in the first mm. Mourinho defeat. But then, you know, before that, he also scored a great goal against Bournemouth and then that, that kind of quite forgettable 3-2 win. Yeah. Again, really early in Mourinho's reign. He also was quite influential in Mourinho's first ever game, that, um, so that sort of flick from the ground against yeah. West Ham to set up a goal. Yeah, so I mean, he actually had this really, really good spell when Mourinho first came in. Um, I'd almost kind of forgotten about. You know, it's easy to forget that that was Mourinho's the first kind of big feather in his cap was like turning round Delhi. Mm. Although I do think Delhi had been on a kind of gentle upward trajectory toward the end of Poch as well. But still, that was like the first thing Mourinho did when he came in, like he got Delhi playing again. It's easy to forget. So we've just got to find a way to, to kind of harness that talent again. And I think, you know, it's the prospect of him and, and Bale coming into the side, you know, 
is is exciting. We've talked about it all season, but you know, seeing them with a little upturn, um, you know, does make you think, okay, um, better things are possible. Well, and as you said, Dan, particularly when you bring Gareth Bale into that conversation as well, um, I don't know about you guys, but I have watched that Bale finish from last night at least 100 times. And Jude, I saw you tweet about the uh, the beautiful sound that it made as it hit the stanchion. But it did feel like that was probably the first time, with the exception of last week, but it's the first time we've seen him run onto a ball and absolutely just lace one instinctively with, with there being no kind of caveat of like, he needed... And it was, it was such a stunning finish, wasn't it? The goal was like uh, he was on autopilot, really. He was like, I'm in this bit of space. I've made this run a thousand times before. I'm just going to open up my body and curl it into the far corner. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just looked like he was really sharp throughout the whole game. Um, he wasn't. I don't think he did too much of the playmaking things we'd seen from him against West Ham during his little 30-minute cameo, but... Yeah, I mean, as Wolfsberger got a bit more knackered towards the end of the game, a lot more space was was coming up on that right. And um, yeah, just the little that uh, <laughs> came in the little in the in the in the top corner was it's one of those lovely net sounds that you get every now and again, like the Harland one at, uh, against yeah. PSG, where that just like took the net off. They've got a rattle, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. In the net. <laughs> well, they come off the floor. They're on steroids when it, when it hits. <laughs> When it hits high in the net, it comes off the floor, the thing. So you get a double like ricochet, which is a great noise. I also, I love when the ball sticks for like a, yeah, a millisecond. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. it really hits the top, top corner, it sticks and then falls flat rather than bouncing back out. It's <laughs> just yeah. so satisfying. But you're right. You know, that's uh, Gareth Bell is a supremely talented player and it looked like he was in training. And that's what we need him to be in. Like, come into those games and it's like nothing. I'm going to boot the ball on the goal. It's nothing to me because I've, I've played in Champions League finals and I've scored some of the best goals the Champions League finals ever seen. Like, um, but, but with the caveat, it's not arrogant, though. No, is it's it? not arrogant. He it's carried showing... himself in that way. They're like, no, I'm, I'm at this level. Like, there has to be something for said. He looks more interested. And I think the positive press, the people around him, good things happening, it does, you know, players are confident, run on confidence. And without players in sorry, without fans in the stand, it must be bizarre. You just exist at the training ground. You read all this stuff online or don't read all this stuff online. I don't know what the players do. And then you go to the ground and you play, but there's no, you know, you can usually tell how the fans are feeling towards you. You get that, you get that massive confidence boost with them all 60,000 people singing your name. It must be what they, you know, the psychologists of football will tell you, you know, the players really thrive off that and whether they know it or not. And I think it's it's interesting to see how he struggled over the, the first few months here. Um, and that could be down to could be down to something like that. Yeah, and I, I think you nailed on the head there, mate. I think um I think that confidence well and truly back. And I also think it was the first time yesterday that I've I've watched him and thought okay, you look really at it. Like there's a change in your body language. There's a change in the way you're carrying yourself and the way that people are reacting to as well. And one thing I'm going to, we've run out of time for today, but one thing that I'm going to suggest that we go away and do some homework on, I think there's a little bit of a bromance brewing with Delhi. Yeah, they were straight I, over oh, to each yeah. other. <laughs> I think that's something we've got to keep a little eye on, but that's going to be very, very I think very Matt Doherty and Bale. Yeah, yeah they're Doherty as well. Yeah. They're yeah, all after Gareth. Wow. But, but I think the thing is, right? <laughs> the thing is, though, if they start performing, 
and you're almost dragging each other up without the, the fans there. Could be one to watch. But look, it's been great fun today, guys. Um, and thank you so much for listening. Just a quick reminder to subscribe and leave us a review um, if you haven't already subscribed or if you haven't already left a review. And even if you have, leave another one just saying you bloody love it and you can't get enough and you want to give us all the stars. Um, but yeah, do, do come back and check us out again on Monday after Spurs have played Burnley. We'll uh, be breaking down the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful then again. Um, and enjoy the weekend. Come on, you Spurs. What a feeling, what a night. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.